It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ Monday, the 6th of December. Jam-packed show, full of everything. Controversy, sporting success, and, well, the Black Caps backs against the wall in the... Second and final test over in India. Today we spoke to Alan Sharrick. He's a prominent horse trainer, and he gave us his honest thoughts on what happened on Saturday. And then we had Bernard Saundry on. He's the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. And what happened on Saturday at Trentham? Abandoned races could have been avoided. Tough, tough questions need to be asked, and there's an investigation going on at the moment about that. So great to chat to those those lads. And we spoke some Bathurst racing yesterday. Chaz Mostert and Lee Holtzworth being crowned kings of the mountain. Paul Radisic is a Kiwi racing legend and he just gave us all the detail of what goes on behind the scenes and why Chaz Mostert's car was so, so much quicker than the rest of the field. Shane Van Gisbergen though took out the championship. He was one of the consistent racers throughout the entire year. And then we had Daniel Vittori on the spin king. The king of the spin for New Zealand Black Caps. The greatest ever, I feel. Danny Boy talking about Ajaz Patel and that 10 wicket haul. 10 wicket haul. 10 wickets for 119 of 47.5 overs. Only three players have ever, ever done it in the history of Test Match Cricket. So it's a wonderful feat for Ajaz Patel. Right, coming up, we're going to talk to George Muir for our News S Monday Health Check and chat to him. He is a former... He's a Black Caps, uh, Black Sticks player, and he's a Commonwealth Gold uh, Games silver medalist as well. So that's the show for Monday, the sixth of December. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Dead. Stock up for Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. Find Ralph Lauren Polo Red 75 mil for just 79.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 6th of December and it's just after 6 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So you ha- hope you've had a good weekend, whatever, whatever you got up to. I hope you're having lots of fun with family and friends and, well, Auckland, they're up and about. They're excited, they're out there enjoying a bit of freedom. How good. We'll cross over to the team in Auckland and we'll get a little debrief of what they got up to, eh? Have to break that down. They're all up and about. And 
maybe a few tired faces because the beer would have been flowing thickly at the Paddington on Friday. So we'll get a wee debrief. Anyway, we've got a good show coming up for you this morning. Lots of sport and, well, a little bit of controversy happening over the weekend with uh, racing in particular on Saturday. So it's going to start the show off with some horse racing and some racing trap chat out of Wellington. It was meant to be a big weekend of racing in Wellington at Trentham, but the weather gods had other ideas and it poured down with rain, which deemed the track too dangerous to race. Alan Sherrick is a prominent horse trainer in New Zealand and he will join us on the show, followed by straight by Bernard Saundry, CEO of NZTR. And well, there'll be a lot of disappointing, uh, disappointed tra uh, trainers horse racing pundits around the country and uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked because I'm pretty sure we've had a few race days where it's rained and it hasn't been abandoned so there's a lot of questions and things that need to be spoken about and uh, going forward so we don't have this problem it's probably the biggest race day for it's the Wellington Cup on Saturday it had to be called off so hopefully it's not all over we can get the cup actually raced but we'll talk to those two about it as well throughout the morning. That's just after 7 o'clock. So if you've got any questions, any text messages, make sure you text us or give us a call on the Kenna's Tire phone line about that Saturday, what you saw. Your your questions for Alan Sherrick and Bernard Saundry. Anyway, um, and then following that, we're going to have Bathurst. Bathurst racing fans would have been up and about yesterday afternoon. Barbecues are light, beers flowing, watching the great race at Mount Panorama. It didn't disappoint as the mountain claimed many of victims. Lots of crashes, safety cars, uh, you know, a couple of animals on the on the track that had to bring out the safety car as well. So um, it was it was, a, it was a great day of, of racing. I actually watched that for a couple couple of hours as well. It was good fun. Chairs Moster and Lee Holdsworth being crowned kings of the mountain. Paul Radisich will be back, and Paul was on last week's show, so he's going to come back and break it all down, debrief Shane Van Gisberg and took it out. He won the title before the race, the championship. Um, he was right in the running too, and then I went away and came back, and he was 18th, got a pop tyre. So that is racing, and that is the mountain. So we're going to chat to Paul Radisich, and then we're going to talk some Black Caps. Black Caps versus India will resume later today with the Black Caps up against it, 140 for five, needing 400 run, runs to win. With two days left to play. Uh, Russian Ravindra is in with Henry Nichols. Can Russian save the day again for the Black Caps? Big, big ask. Uh, but we're not going to talk about all of that, the batting uh, woes that, that have been with the Black Caps as, as of late. We're going to talk about Ajaz Patel. Ajaz Patel was on fire with the ball. Ten wicket bag in the first innings. And we spoke off air and Baz spoke about it. There's only ever been three ever. 10 wicket bags in the innings. So it's a it's a huge feat, huge feat. And there'll be no one better to actually talk about it and break it on down than I think our greatest spin bowler ever, Daniel Vittori. So Daniel Vittori is going to be on just after 8 o'clock to talk about Ajaz Patel and his history making um, bowling innings for the Black Caps. What are his figures? 10 for 119 of 47.5 overs. Whew. How good. I want to get... Um, Bears' thoughts on that too, because I think it's crazy, crazy statistics. But anyway, uh, and then later on the show, we've got our news F Monday health check with Commonwealth Games silver medalist, black sticks player, George Muir. And we want to end the day on a health check before we go 
and sweat out our week weekend of madness. And at the gym, we're going to get into a wee health check and see how everyone's going and George Muir. But before then, we're going to say good day to the team in Auckland. We got Louie, we got Trudy, we got Joe, and we got Kez. And they're up and about. And we hope you've had a good weekend. We'll, we'll get a debrief shortly, but I'm going to cross over to my good mate and good co-host, the skipper of the show, Baz McCullum. Morning, brother. Morning, brother. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm surprised that Kez has turned up, actually, because Friday was meant to be his last <laughs> day. But he's lobbed up again, so it's good to see you, Kez. <laughs> Wonderful, mate. you got a stay of execution after uh, after our quiz issues. But it's great to have you back, mate. I'm sure we've all learnt from this lesson. We're about growth on this show. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to get everything right, but it's a matter of growing as people, growing as one, and another fine opportunity in front of you. So good morning, Kiss. Good morning, everyone up there in Auckland, and a big good morning to you as well. Is I know you had a huge weekend on the tools with the kids, Daisy down in Queenstown. Um, so fantastic. We'll get on to that in a second. Just want a, a little bit of a shout-out. It's my old man, Stu. It's his 65th birthday today. Oh, so him and his happy very good birthday, friend. Happy birthday, Stewie. Kevin, yeah, and him and his very good friend Kevin Bucket Mori, who will be going down the road this afternoon, will go down. It's his fifty-fifth birthday, so we'll be going down to the pub. I'll shout the old fellas a couple of quiet beers, even though really Stu should be shouting because Jacinta's given Jacinta's given him a handout from today on, isn't he? Isn't she? So that should oh. really be his round. But that'll be good. Yeah. We had a barbecue for that last night, and um, it was great. So a big happy birthday to the old the old boys. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll celebrate accordingly later on. But mate, huge weekend for you. Um, looking after the kids. I mean, there's there's work, and then there's like just being on the tools, eh? And sounds like you had a pretty good oh. one. You went to a circus. How good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took them to the circus uh, on Friday. Baz, there's a circus here in Christchurch. If if you've got young kids, I, I recommend you take take them along. It's called the Enchanted Christmas. It's um, by the airport. Yeah, so I went to the circus, and the kids have never been to a circus, so I was a bit apprehensive, you know, like, they, they usually in bed by seven, the circus didn't start till eight, so I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? No better way than <laughs> take them to McDonald's and fill them up on some sugar, that'll keep them up and about, so I took them there for, on the way to the circus, and, and we had a feed, did you get anything? <laughs> and McDonald's is right. Did you, did you get anything, uh, yeah, bro? Yeah, <laughs> Oh, Baz, don't do that to me, mate. <laughs> I'm still shredding. I've still got hope, eh, Trudy? Um, <laughs> um, so I took them to McDonald's, and don't you love it when you when you give them a feed, and you're like, ah, you know, Tr- Tilly will only be, eat six nuggets, but I'll get them ten, you know, because there'll be four for me left at, at the end. So <laughs> get them ten nuggies, and, and then they only eat five, so I've got five plus me Big Mac. How good. Um so yeah, that took them along, and then we went to the circus. Circus, and man, it was awesome, eh? Just seeing the kids' faces, like, and, and watching them, and you know, just being wowed by these. Oh, man, they are absolute wonderful performers, and the things that they can do, and oh man, it was it was mind blown. It was mind blown. So it was a late night. Got them home. They lasted. They didn't fall asleep in the car because that's always the case when you're driving home if they fall asleep for one minute they're up all night you know so i was just keeping them up playing some music and and got them home and and then they they fell asleep and and then we just had a had a good sad day with them as well just chilled at home took them to get some donuts if you're in christchurch and and you you want the best donuts <laughs> had a hell of a week so, yeah. so so obviously we've had a really healthy weekend wait till i get to dinner on saturday uh took them to get some donuts <laughs> 
<laughs> over in Littleton, and they love donuts, and they, they ripped into that. And then we come home, had a swim, and then we got the fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy got home, and she was fuming. She's like, hey, Arlo, did you have any veggies? He's like, yeah, had some lettuce <laughs> in my burger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant! That, that, hey, that's, you know that's like, weekend you with can't dad. be doing everything, can you? Hey? Nah, I mean, you got to look nah. after them, entertain them, keep keep the place clean, make sure the cattle are mm. looked after as well, and cook. <laughs> I mean, that's not really fair. I oh, know. I reckon he did a wonderful job. Is oh, thanks, bud. Thanks, fella. That was good. What about you? You have a good weekend. I did, mate. Obviously, Friday without you um, was was uh, you know we missed you. The team stepped up and and, and covered, which was I wonderful. Listened. It was a good show. Um, and then loved it. Well, everyone was pretty excited up in up in the studio too, so they were given a bit of freedom, obviously on Friday. So they had the pub organised. So the team were uh, were fizzing, fizzing to get to the pub. So it was um, Friday was good, and then um, into the weekend it rained pretty much all weekend. We went to the races on Saturday here at. Matamata, thankfully, mm. the uh, the Matamata Racing Club irrigated the track leading into the weekend with the forecast rain after it being pretty firm. So we were lucky enough. We started on a uh, on a dead track and we finished on well started on a dead four and finished on a slow eight. But at least we had racing right throughout. So I think we were probably the last to leave. List myself and Evie May was having a sleepover elsewhere and Riley was at a party somewhere. Um, so nice. So we were, I think, last to leave the the course, but it was wonderful. We had a horse running, Rabada, who was never going to cop the track, but actually ran really well. And it was the first time that he had some some blinkers on too. So we learnt some good information there. And then, uh, well, yesterday I went round to the old man's place and he yeah, had a big barbecue for the birthday and um and pretty pretty chilled, mate. Actually, watched a little bit of sport, mm. watched a bit of racing, but just yeah, I found this morning a tough old get up though for some reason. But we got there. Might have been the Bitcoin crash thing, which was just weighing heavily on me after investing in Bitcoin <laughs> back into last week bad, and then eh? seeing the, the, the biggest crash that Bitcoin's like, had in about Baz, years. Come, you got to get on the crypto, Bears. you got to get on the crypto. Download this crypto <laughs> thing, blah, blah, blah. Crossgate Capital, obviously. And, um, yeah, and we... And then we, yeah, we got on, bro, and it's just dropped out. About 10 grand gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a roller coaster ride, Bears. We love roller coasters. Nothing's ever straight with us, mate. We're just, we're, we're roller coasters, so we just ride it out, and we'll be back, brother. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're punters, mate, and that's what we do. <laughs> we turn the page, and we look towards the next race. That's just the life of a punter. <laughs> You know, you just you you learn to become resilient, overcome disappointment and failures, and just move on. That's what mm. we're doing. So, but anyway, Bitcoin bounced back up again. So, buy the dip, as Louis would say, buy the dip. So we reinvested again. But uh, that's about it, mate. Not a not a whole lot. Just um, pretty pretty chill weekend and watched a bit of sport. Black Caps. Yeah, AJ's was amazing. I think this test match mm. will forever be known as. The AJs tell test match, and we'll go into that a little bit later on as well. But there's yes, a couple of little, couple of little things here. We just looked a little, a little outgunned without Kane Williamson mm. in the lineup. We just just feel a little bit outgunned against that side in those conditions. But look, it's a tough, tough place to play cricket over there as well. And 
there'd be some guys learning some pretty some pretty quick lessons. But number one team in the world, you just would would have hoped for a little bit more sort of fight and resilience. I'm still surprised we didn't play Neil Wagner. Is I, same, I bro. He could have given us mm. something, just something a bit different. You know, I'm not sure we would have been chasing as many runs as why. We if you can ever mate. guess, if you can say why, what would your yeah just just weird? I just so yeah, I was weirded up by that they didn't select them. Like people been calling all week. We knew we needed an extra seam in that first innings, and we just didn't go there. Well, the wicket's turning. It's turning and it's bouncing, mm. and AJ has got all ten. But Wagner's found a way. This thing over the. His entire career, mm. every time he's been ridden off and every time he's been put to the back of the pile and people have said conditions suit spin, not not the extra seamer. And then eventually yep. we play him and he does well. And then we go, oh, maybe next time we're in this situation we should play him. And then we make the same mistake time and time and time again. Mm. So I don't know. I just think his aggression, he might have just been able to give us something a little bit different. And I'm sure we wouldn't have been chasing as many runs as what we are if we had played Neil Wagner. So I, I don't know, mate. I guess we sort of fell for the the real turning, bouncing conditions. But I think even in favourable conditions, you've still got to play who you think are your best bowlers. And Neil Wagner has yep. to be one of those guys. That's, I think that'll be one thing we'll look back on and just, just rule slightly. Um, mm. Tough on Will Somerville, but I mean, he hasn't taken a wicket in the entire test, match, uh, test series in conditions which have suited. So you've got to say that they got that one wrong. Um, and our batting just looks a little bit weak under that kind of scoreboard pressure and, and the conditions. India wouldn't win another toss. I mean, that hurt as well. I think yeah. New Zealand had to found themselves batting first. That could have been a bit different, but that is what it is. Uh, put a super smash on over the weekend as well, mate. Ashes aren't too far away, a couple of days away. And the Big Bash kicked off last night. I don't know about you, but the Big Bash is a tournament I've loved. Mm. Gee, there was no one there last night, and that was really disappointing. <laughs> but I remember the big bash from Chris Lynn smacking Sean Tate out of the Gabba to full to an absolute jam-packed Gabba. Light shows at halftime, Rocket Man flying around the crowd, like kids everywhere. The just the big bash was the biggest was the biggest um, ticket in town, you know. And mm. and I just think it was just greed, really, extending the season and. It's just diluted how how good a product it is, and it, it's it's pretty disappointing to be honest. Watching that game last night, Melbourne Stars and got got handed to them. They were, Sydney Sixers got two hundred thirteen for four, and then bowled the Stars out sixty one. So the game itself was incredibly lopsided, but there was just no one there, you know. And and we all know in sport, you know, bro, like we need crowds. That's what that's what creates. The real theatre, the real drama, and it gets the most out of athletes and and cricketers. No difference. So something's got to something's got to be different there for that tournament to re uh, to to be able to get back to where it was, which was the biggest ticket in town. But my Brisbane Heat are playing tonight, mate. So I'll still be tuning in. They uh, who yes, are they taking? Nice. On? Uh, they're taking on the Thunder, the Sydney Thunder, or Sydney Chunder, as we used to call them. So look forward to watching that game tonight but there's plenty going on eh? plenty of sport bit of a disappointing weekend for the Kiwi sport wasn't it capped off probably by as you mentioned at the top of the hour that Shane Van Gisbergen blowing a wheel blowing a tyre out yeah back end of Bathurst mm. yeah was, you don't reckon he would have won anyway do you nah I don't think he would have won mate Mostert his car 
was the fastest car all weekend, and he was just too good. So he was leading, and and he was pole position, and went went around and and got the win in the end. So that nah, he was too good, too good. You can see that when when Van Gisbergen was behind him, he just couldn't get any any leeway, even in the in the um streamlined behind him you know usually the cars behind get a bit of you know less wind so they can get get some momentum but nah he wasn't getting any get any traction but um yeah so it was it was good but he he was the best driver all year um he smoked them in, in in the end and he had a good interview and he, at the end he said yeah i'd love to go home and see my family but i can't even get back into my own country so there's a wee little dig at, <laughs> at the government uh, had a wee, had a wee chuckle there, mate. But no, nah, it was. And we're going to talk a bit more about cricket too, Baz. I want to keep keep going on. We've got a few texts about it too because that's a great one, eh? When you go through so much success and you get Baz, uh, AJ's Patel getting ten wickets, and then you come out, and then we get rolled for sixty-two. You know, that is that is the question I want to pose to you after this, brother. We'll we'll come back shortly and uh, have a wee chat. We'll chat a bit more about cricket and a bit more about sport throughout the morning. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three on the text line. We'll give us a call on the Kenna's higher phone line. 0800 We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 6.25 in the morning, Monday, the 6th of December. Shout out to Stu and Bucky. Happy birthday, old boys. Anyway, we've got plenty of text messages to run through here. What do we got? Morning, men. When are those two group races from Wellington going to be run? That is from Mark. Well, Mark, I think we're going to see them. Uh, the Captain Cook, it for sure, is going to be run at Tarapa on Saturday. Um, the other group race, Louis, where's that? Saturday. Is that also run at Tarapa on Saturday? Yeah. So both of them, yeah. So the only ones that really win there are Majestics. The old horse float, yeah. Another 1200 bucks <laughs> up the road from Wellington to Tarapa. There you go. Thanks for coming. Ching, ching. We'll get more on that later when we speak to Alan Sherrick and Bernard Saundry. But give us a call anytime on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 150 or keep sending us texts on double eight double three on on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We've got another couple there. Is you want to rip through a couple of those, brother? Yep. There's one for, for you, Baz, or... Baz and Izzy didn't Saturday night showcase the highs and lows of sport in a short space of time. From an extreme high to fairly low, low. That is from Richie. That's obviously reaction to AJ's Patel. And I'll get your reaction to that uh, performance in the first inning. 10 wickets, 119 runs. Outstanding there from, from AJ's Patel. But then going into the batting side of it, and we get rolled for 62. I actually, I, um, it happened so quick, I actually missed it. The 62, I turned the, the TV on, and in India was still batting. I was like, what's going on here? She went through, 62 we got rolled for, mate. And obviously it's a wicket that turns a hell of a lot, and with the, the spin bowlers that India have, they're always going to have a lot of success on there. But what, what do we gift it to them? Were we just too too soft on, on the batting side? We you know, didn't show any grit and determination, kind of just gave the wicket away too easy from your Point of view, mate. Um, yeah, look, I think when when we lost the toss and we found ourselves having a bowl first, and you could see the bounce mm. and the spin that that AJ in particular was able to extract out of the wicket, knew that it was going to be difficult for our batters later on. Um, the only thing I would say about our batting is I felt like we're a little bit betwixt and between. I think in the first innings we were quite meek and mild, and so far in the second mm. innings we've actually seen some overly aggressive and slightly chaotic type of batting um, which has led to, to dismissal so to me that we just haven't been able to settle into a rhythm and find 
the game plan that we're going to settle on to try and be successful in this test match and and we've been exposed to be honest um but look i, I do think this test whilst it's incredibly disappointing that we we're likely to end up in a um in a, in a pretty sort of one-sided uh, success for india i think it'll always be known as the ajaz patel test match um, mm. To put in context yeah. what Ajaz has been able to achieve, and we're going to get Daniel Vittori on later, which is going to be pretty cool to talk to to Dan because you know out of the top four um, performances by a, a black cap in Test cricket, um, Richard Hathaway is at number one with 15, 15 wickets in the Test. Ajaz now with fourteen, and then at numbers three and four it's mm. Dan Vittori with two different thirteen um, wicket hauls. So it'll be great to speak to him. But to put in context, there's been a roughly around two and a half thousand test matches played if you look if you strap your like that out in terms of the test innings you're probably around three or four innings so you're talking seven and a half thousand ten thousand test innings there's been in the, mm. in the history of our game three men have achieved what AJ has been able to achieve Jim Laker Anil Kumble and now um AJ Patel it is an extraordinary feat so we can't underplay it, and that this, the result may yep. be disappointing, but we can't take away from just quite a dominant and, and mind-blowing performance uh, AJ's Patel put up. In the Black Caps, as they talk a lot about in their pledge, they talk about etching into, into, etching into history significant dates, and you're trying to do mm. that from a team point of view, but also some individual um, occasions there's that opportunity, and AJ's was able to do that. He etched into history a significant date with his temper, which we'll, we'll continue to talk about in many years to come, no doubt. We're going to have to get off to the news, mate. We'll come back shortly as well and talk plenty more and chat with some of the guests that we've got coming up. So I'm looking forward to that as well, mate, and hearing your thoughts. you got Quizzy Dag too. Oy! Good to have the Quizmaster back. I struggled without you, to be fair, on Friday. So we'll get it back to its rightful place. And Kez will be happy you're back in town too. He seems to get the quizzes right for you. Right, it is six. 30 here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast means we're off to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are 27 minutes away from 7am on the 6th of December and some great chat and correspondence on the cricket already. Double eight, double three of the Kennard's higher phone line. 0800 150 throughout the morning. A bit of live sport going on, boys. I'll just quickly update. Aston Villa and Leicester City are tied one all at halftime in the Premier League. And Formula One, wow, the title goes on the line this morning. Max Verstappen can win this morning if he beats Hamilton. Hamilton's got pole and that is uh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is starting right now, 6.30 a.m. So we will update that throughout the morning, no matter what goes on. Lads, Izzy wasn't punting over the weekend. He was at the circus. There was a circus of sorts going on at Trentham, Baz. It was pretty tough to watch from afar as we had a group one day in New Zealand. Well, fall by the wayside just due to... What we'll figure out after seven when we speak to Alan Sharrick, who's a leading trainer. He had a horse racing in the Group 1 Captain Cook Stakes. And then Bernard Saundry, who the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. And you can never say he doesn't front up and try and work things out. So he'll join us. Here's the gist of what's going on, boys. Um, the track at, at Trentham was a very good. 
as when I say good, that's the kind of track rating. So it was firm, it was hard, it was a summer track. There was forecasted rain. So typically what you'd do with forecasted rain is you would water the track so that when the rain comes, the rain can actually soak into it so the horses can get their toes into it and get their get their feet into the track so they're not skidding around. Um, for whatever reason, there wasn't more than, I don't think, 10 mil of irrigation put on the track. Uh, so... When the rain came on Saturday morning, it kind of, just imagine rain sitting on concrete, right? You know, when you walk past on your shoes and it can get kind of slippery if the rain isn't drained away properly. So the jockeys were concerned. The trainers were concerned. They went out there for race one and it was evident pretty quick when horses came out of the gates that they were slipping. And then especially when they turned the bend and tried to get into the straight, uh, there's incredible footage of a horse that Ryan Elliott was on that was pretty much going sideways. Like talk, think about Shane Van Gisbergen after he's won the Bathurst last year. Um, so it was pretty sketchy. Danielle Johnson came off the track. She won on Bellardo Boy. Good run. And this horse is a bit hit and miss. It was actually very good. The only winner of the day there. And she said, she made a remark about the track, uh, we will see. I think she knew, I think a lot of the senior jockeys knew before they went out there, Baz and Izzy, that it wasn't right to be out there. For whatever reason, the races went ahead. Um, and New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing have, uh, they were abandoned after that. It wasn't tenable to continue. New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing are launching an investigation into this, how it's happened and what's gone on with the track. They're using some um, good technology that they're using the New Zealand Turf Institute to commence the full review of the track. But I think, also think the processes need to be reviewed here and this is probably needs to be a bit of a wider look um, as to what's gone on just Finally, I know I'm prattling on a bit, but to lay the context. So the Wellington Racing Club, they don't actually look after their own track. They outsource that to an organisation called Race. And Race look after Awapuni as well as Trentham. Um, and so they are, they are the people that are due. They look after all of the racing goings on at Trentham. The Wellington Racing Club, it's kind of like a glorified social committee. You know, it's a, they do the memberships and the sponsorships <laughs> and the attendances. But the racing stuff the track that's outsourced. So New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing race, there's been missing links here between them, the stakeholders, and I think we can all probably just count our blessings that no horse or jockey went down and they got off the track and we're a bit of looking at it of a near miss, I think. Um, so a bit to work yeah. through and we'll kind of get into that after seven. But that's the context anyway, Baz. Yeah, it is fascinating, mate. We we were texting a little bit on the WhatsApp group straight away and we're like, what a shambles. And, and for context as well, I think you, you mentioned that they, they didn't put 10 mils on. I think they put 8 mils of water on down there at Wellington, down there at Trentham, whereas comparatively they put 34 mils of water on up here at, uh, at Matamata and hence mm. the full card was able to unfold. Yeah, the course, the track was starting to chip out towards the end and, and had progressed down to a slow eight, but it meant that racing was able to continue. So all those people had paid to come along, all the hospitality packages, all the owners who had horses running, um, all the people who had made the effort to go and turn up uh, all were able to watch their horses finish the, the race meeting at Matamata, even though it may not have been necessarily the perfect conditions, but at least it was able to continue. Whereas down there at Wellington, for context, if I had a horse running, we would have gone down there, we would have booked a flight down, we would have, there's two flights, we would have booked a hotel accommodation, we would have probably taken a hospitality package to try and support the local Wellington Racing Club, Probably spent a little bit of money across the bar. We would have paid our $1,200 float fee down there for the horse. We would have paid your entry fee. You would have paid your jockey's fee. 
you would have paid your $4,000 a month training fee as well, and you would have found yourself probably drinking Spate's Summit out of a jug at the Cambridge Hotel at 11.30 because races were called off. So I think it's, it's well, I'm looking forward to hearing what both Ellen Sherrick and Bernard Saundry, because they're going to be on either side of the ledger on this one. So we could have one from the blue corner, one from the red corner. It could be fascinating to hear how that, what their take is on, on what unfolded. But it's just simply not good enough, in my opinion, um, for a Premier Day. And, and something needs to change. Racing is a sport which we're trying to grow the participation and and the mums and dads owners are so important to that there's many people in the racing industry with a whole lot of cash who it won't affect but the mums and dads who have a horse racing on those big days they're the ones which who have been left out of pocket here and with that horrible distasteful feeling in their mouth or um, feeling in their mouth so yeah look forward to hearing how all of that unfolds but we'll do that just after seven but for now we're going to roll right along. Well, one thing that's not going to leave this tasteful feeling in your mouth is the quizzy dad, because he is up and about. He's ready. We He's back. got a quiz which has been triple-checked for results. <laughs> triple-checked by Kes, who spent the entire weekend ensuring that this quiz is, in fact, correct. And we're not going to try and have to give out another $50 bonus bet just to cover ourselves, because we messed it up. We're going to get this one right. And Kez assures me that it's his best one yet. Izzy is going to ask the questions, and he is the best his master, the best quiz master. It's coming up very shortly. Your chance to win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Give us a call 0800 It's time for Quizzy Dag. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go. Yes, that time of the morning. Sorry about that, but a burnt toast to start the day. But we're back. The kitchen's flying. <laughs> we're good. Here old Bassett is he for breakfast. The quiz is up. We're back. We've triple checked it. Baz is, he gave you a little bit of a lead into question number one. So hopefully you were listening throughout the morning. But we are back. Triple checked. We're not giving away extra $50 TAB vouchers. Only one today. So here we go. We've got Dave on the line. Good morning, Dave. Right, lads. How are we? Oh, we're up and about, Good. brother. We're up and about. How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, the punting didn't go too good, but the chicken's right. <laughs> You'd be right, brother. Well, here's your chance. Here's your chance to get another $50 bonus bet voucher from the TAB. All right, good luck. Question number one. AJ's Patel joined Jim Laker, and who else is the only three bowlers to take 10 wickets in a, in a test innings? Oh, God, I know. It's 1998. Uh, geez. Oh. No, I don't know the guy's eight. name. Two. Uh, ah. Sorry, Dave. Have a good day, brother. Going to go to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Oh. Good morning. Morning, Steve. 
Question number one. AJS Patel joined Jim Laker, and who else is the only three bowlers to take 10 wickets in a test innings? Arnold Kimble. Kimble. I can't pronounce his name properly. Kumble. <laughs> Kumble. Kumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arnold Kumble. Thanks, Steve. You got it. You got it. Question number two. Kiwi UFC fighter Brad Riddell's unbeaten streak came to an end yesterday. Oh, what, a, what a spinning kick it was. What weight division does he fight out of? Oh, sorry, I wouldn't have a clue. Have a, have have a stab. Have a stab. Five, four. Have a stab. Three. Two. Uh, I don't know nothing about that sport. Okay. Sweet ass, Steve. Thanks very much, mate. Have a good day. Going to go to Richie. Good morning, Richie. Morning, Izzy. I'll give um, Lightweight yes. a go. You give lightweight a go, and you're going to get a ting shot by that. <laughs> Question number three. Who defeated the New Zealand Breakers in their season opener? South-East Melbourne oh. Phoenix. Yes, he's all. Question number four. Richie, which team has gone top of the English Premier League for the first time this season? Five. Four. Three, two, Man City. One. Good, Beautiful. Good. Bring it home. Question number five, Richie. Question number five. Anna Harrison represented New Zealand in netball and which other sport? Five. Beach volleyball. Wow! <laughs> Nice, Richie. All over it, brother. You had a good weekend, eh? Yeah, it was a bit high and low, but yeah. Yeah, and yeah no, that was a great question. <laughs> that was a great question, actually. That, that's what, that was kind of the answer you were after, eh? Yep. Yeah, nice. We're going to chat yeah, about no. it a bit more, mate. We'll get Daniel Vittori on as well to talk about AJ's Patel. But um, no, nah, appreciate your call, Richie. Thanks for all your texts as always, brother. Have a good day, eh? Yep. Cheers. Awesome. There you go, Rich. Good work. There you go, Baz. Good work, Izzy. Yeah, that was Quizzy Dag brought to you by Ashley and Martin. Not happy with your hair loss, make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. That that seemed a bit easy, actually, is. You think that was a bit easy? It was, eh? That was way too easy, Kiz. You all right? Kiz, mate. It was, oh, I'll say it was half nerves, half, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, just keep dropping the shoulder and going hard, my friend. Eh? Just keep cracking on as if nothing happened. Just strong, you know. Don't let them affect you. Don't let those results from Friday affect you. Kiz? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually Beth very is, heavy that they got the uh, Anna Harrison spot on. So, yeah, I was stoked with that. We'll take, we'll take the small ones. The- the kitchen's about to go on strike, to be honest. So we work hard, all right? We're, we're putting in the efforts. <laughs> Good morning, Joe. I didn't realise you were here. Good to hear from you, Joe. <laughs> right, we've got plenty more coming up soon. Almost the favourite time of the entire three hours on here we've got coming up, and that is Trudy's World. It's 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 Trudy's world. 
It is indeed, and smiles for the dial for the new week, and yay, you are up. Let's do this Monday thing. Let's chat some Monday moolah, as you might have heard in the news before. Uh, the woman who won $6.3 million in last week's lotto is yet to tell her other half about the money, about their new fortune. So if you're in Tauranga this morning and your missus is a bit giggly, a little bit spendy, and maybe a bit of a loo, a bit of loo, red flags, red flags, um, and check this, uh, an American man who accidentally bought two identical lotto tickets because he didn't realise he'd filled in the form so just filled it again with his favourite numbers has won two jackpots so Thomas, he's a dump truck operator in North Carolina, he is 1.2 million dollars richer Just for, it could have been 600 but he got now 1.2 how about that for a cool story <laughs> oh, hey, Man, you know that um, the Tauranga <laughs> ticket Yeah. you know the Tauranga ticket Would, does Matter Matter fit into the whole Tauranga <laughs> encatchment? <laughs> Just, not sure. Just wondering if, so. if by chance Liz is spending. <laughs> is she giggly and spending well, and being be, slightly aloof? Well, six fifty-seven in the morning, she'll be sleeping. Let's be let's be honest. But, <laughs> but I'd, it'll be yeah, be interesting if she did and she didn't. Hold would you would you tell her, Bez? Would you tell her straight away? Would you sit on it for a while? What would your be an initial reaction be when you got the winning numbers? Hide it. No, I would definitely well, tell her. I couldn't hold it back. <laughs> I know, you'd be the same. Just straight away, yeah, I'd be like, right, what are we going to do? What would you do? What would you do, Is? Oh, I don't we do much more um, than we're doing currently, could we? We're having a good nah, time. Nah, I mean, it, it would, you know, you'd pay off, you'd pay off some debt, and then I think you'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably buy, buy a, a holiday home somewhere. I definitely buy about twenty Bitcoin, hundred <laughs> percent. Because, boy, stay in it, bears. I told you, don't panic, bears. That's what happens. They all no, panic. I'm in. They I'm all in. sell up, mate. We'll be good. <laughs> no, no, I'm in. Enjoy the ride. Definitely in. And just wanted well, to raise a cap, raise a, a glass. Sorry, guys, raise a glass to the boys on Friday. They were very well behaved. I was only there for an hour, but they were very well behaved on Friday when the pubs opened. We showed our little vax passes, and the boys took to that tap beer like a baby to mum's milk. <laughs> who, who got How the first was round? Was it a good? It was fantastic. Who got the first round? Um, I don't know. I skipped out before they were paying her. Yeah, I didn't. Tr- <laughs> who didn't get yeah, around? True. Good work, Trudy. Who paid? No, I think we all Me? just split it because it, it, it was table service. So you just rack it up, and then at the end, everyone's a bit too dizzy, and you just kind of chip away at it. Joe as you didn't go. pay. I Joe would have walked out doing the hucker. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, Joe paid. Trying to find mate. his wallet. <laughs> Come on, Joe paid. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh, jokey, Joe. Oh, How we giggle with Joey in the background? Joe gets paid out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love Joe. We love Joe. That's awesome. Thanks, Trudy. So, uh, just one thing before yeah. we, I know we get into the news. But so, if you if you win the same ticket twice, wouldn't you win it with? The no, bought one two ticket? tickets. What? He bought two tickets, so he gets it twice. But it's the same numbers, so he would win it twice previously, wouldn't he? No, no, no. It was called a lucky for life draw. So you know, he won two lots. Is an American thing? They okay. do it weird in America, don't they? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, we've got plenty more coming up. Alan Sharrick, Bernard Saundry on the other side. It's coming up seven. We're off the. A McCafe for us. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SEZ. It's Monday the 6th of December. It's just after 7 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We had some good conversations about the Black Caps already. 
talking about a cricket. What's happening over in India and Mumbai? It's all going over there. 140 for five. We are chasing. We need 400 more runs in two days with five wickets left. Russian Ravindra is in with Henry Nichols. Backs against the wall. But we want to talk a bit more about AJS Patel. We're going to chat to Daniel Vittori. Uh, one of the, the greatest spin bowler New Zealand's ever had, I feel. Um, he's on the list with Sir Richard Hadley, who's on there a couple of times. AJS Patel, he's number two. And then Daniel Vittori's three and four. With the best bowling figures in an innings. Well, in a, in a test match uh, of all time. So great to chat to Daniel Vittori just after eight o'clock about that. Um, what's happening over in India. And then we're going to talk a bit about Bathurst. We've got Paul Radisic coming on. He was on the show last week talking about Bathurst. And, well, he's going to react to Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth being crowned kings of the mountain over at Mount Panorama. So that was a great race, action-filled, drama-filled. Safety car was out and about about 10 times during the race. An animal stopped the race as well. So it was all go. So looking forward to chatting to Paul Radisic as Chaz Mostert Won that, and well, Shane Van Gisbergen was crowned the overall champion. He was, well, just class throughout the whole entire 31 races of supercars. So looking forward to chatting to him. And then we got our Monday, more News S Monday health check with Commonwealth Games silver medalist, black sticks player, George Muir. Going to talk to him about that. But right now, we're up and about. There's a few people that got paid on the weekend. Brett come through. Morning, boys and Trudy. Shout out to J-Mac. Getting me paid out of Rose Hill on Saturday. Account was situation critical until Arctic Thunder steamed home, stormed home, and then closed the meet out with Al Buena. Ten minutes till the Dolphins slapped the Giants around. Have a great day, team. That is from Brett. He was up and about. He was betting in Australia. Well, because we couldn't have really too many bets here because there's a bit of drama on Saturday. And I'm going to throw it over to Baz to intro our next guest. Baz up. Thank you, Is Yeah, well, it was one of New Zealand's premier race days of the year and potentially our strongest Group 1 field, and it was left deflated and disregarded on sad day as Trenton was abandoned due to an unsafe track. The issue came when rain started falling morning of and after the track had reached a good three, making it very firm but slippery on the surface. Ultimately, it was trainers, jockeys and owners who have been left out of pocket as the niggly and difficult trip to Wellington was completely null and void. For the bulk of industry participants, Alan Sharrick, he is a leading trainer and he had a key chance in the group one, Captain Cooks, with Just Ask Me. He joins the show this morning and it's a very good morning to Alan, a friend of the show. It's great to talk to him and then we'd love to get his thoughts on uh, on Saturday's debacle that was Wellington. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Bez. How are you? Good, mate. Got Izzy on the line as well, mate. Hey, um, just let's, well, let's yeah. rip into it. Was this, was this situation avoidable, mate? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's um, well, it's nothing short of a disgrace, boys. Really, um, we we produce a product for for one of the biggest race days, and I think through ineptness, they they couldn't get the field right, uh, the the paddock right for us. And you know, I expressed um, some worries to Neil Goodwin, our chief stipend CD, on Friday morning. I was working at the jump out. I'd seen that applied eight mil on a good three. Um, by the time midday came on Friday or 2 o'clock, it could have been back to a good three, if not worse, good two possibly. And I saw the weather forecast on uh, Thursday night. There were showers predicted Saturday. So I rang Neil 
and uh, I said it's a recipe for disaster. Probably going to be a skating rink with that. Two hours later, run brother Bruce told him, and he expressed to Bernard that I thought there wasn't enough water put on. And hello, New Zealand. A lowly old trainer's predicted what happened when why can't the powers that be, Baz, work it out themselves, you know? Mm. Um, I know for a fact Roger James rang and expressed um, his worries to Kim Truick, and Kim put him in his place and said there'd be no more water applied. So probably going forward, boys, what really amuses me, we're going to spend probably 10000 on turf experts to tell us where we went wrong, but we all know where we went wrong. There wasn't enough water put on to make it safe for the horses and the jockeys, mate. So, matter, matter, they, they had seven mils of natural rain. Topped it up to 34 mils during the week, looking at the weather forecast for Saturday. They raced on a slow seven. It continued to rain. They got to a nine. Um, but it was safe, boys, and they raced and got their meeting done. So, yeah, it just can't keep happening, mate, because it, there's a lot of cost to owners, trainers, Jockeys, you know, I, I driving up and down the island. I'd rather be in a pub watching the braces, mate, than driving up and down the island for nothing. So, um, very, very frustrating. I'll tip you. Mm. Yeah. Well, mate, I was at the races on Saturday at Matter Matter, and and we were all astonished, really, that Wellington was called off, and and everyone there in Matter Matter seemed to think it was a pretty easy fix. That if you know that you're on an ice skating rink and you know that the rain's coming, then you have to water. You've got to water the track to make it safe for everyone, right? And and I guess what about the the jockeys and stuff, mate? Well, it was pretty obvious that the jockeys in that first race were slipping. What was the feedback from them, and were they vocal oh, well, about? I, I talked to Leith last night, and um, before the first, he knew they were in trouble. Um, he told John Oton to go and have a look at the track. At that stage, um, John O'Bena rung me on the way to the races. He couldn't get his umbrella into the turf. Um, so it's, you know, hey, I'll I, I liken it this way, Izzy, it's like tackling Jane Loma. If one of those horses land on top of you, half a ton, at 40 miles an hour, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a world of pain. Yeah. So you've got, to, mm. you've got to respect the jockeys, and it's not an easy vocation for them, mate. So I wouldn't like to be pushed out there, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. I can understand, mate. Safety is paramount, and these boys risk, and ladies risk their lives every day when they jump on the back of those horses, mate. I am quickly, I just can't get my, my head around how little old Matamata can, can get it so right and, and run a meeting, whereas one of the biggest race days, New Zealand Cup, over, uh, with uh, Wellington Cup, Cook's, Cook's um, Stakes Cup on Saturday at Trenton, which is the biggest race day at Trenton, can get it so wrong. So who's... Who needs to be held accountable, and will there be any monetary kind of refunds for these trainers, owners out there that put so much time and effort into the race to get to Saturday? Will there will there be anything coming back to you? Oh, mate, I think there's mandatory two hundred and fifty dollars for the for the owners. Um, that won't oh, cover yeah. the cost, the time involved. Um, yeah, it's it's not about compensation. We just can't keep going forward and having this happen. Mm. And it, and it's just, yeah. to me, it, it's outlandish what happened. We we all knew there's, there's Roger James and myself expressing concerns uh, on Thursday and Friday. Nothing's done. And like you say, Matter Matter did it right. They got, they got to the races. They had a safe day, albeit a wet track. But if it's a wet track, boys, you make your own decision and scratch the horse. So safety's paramount and racing's paramount because... 
you know what's the club done and for their for their corporate guests, food, every, it's it's just a debacle, mate. And you know, I, I feel someone's got to be accountable. It's time to yeah. to make the hard calls. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's whoever runs the meeting. I I believe that um, you know the the caretaker is under a directive from someone further up. Um, but the the inquiry's got to find out who's at fault and. Um, I, I expressed to Bruce, actually, it's time that the guillotine fell, mate. Someone's got to be accountable for, for what they've put us all through. You know, it's it's lack of opportunity. It's quite hard to get them ready on the day, boys. That day's gone, so now we re- recount yeah. and re-crank for Saturday to wrap it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and there could be some, I guess, different nominations as well, which come in. So you're right, every, every horse is trained to the minute for these big races, right? And and now the, that opportunity's gone missing. So is there any reason in particular, Alan, why the, I mean, the names that you mentioned there yourself and Roger James and John O'Bennett, like there's some big trainers there, some people with a lot of experience, a lot of weight in the industry. Any reason why your guys' concerns weren't, weren't taken on board? Oh, I find that outlandish. You know what I mean? But, you know, we employ people to present the field or the cause for us. Um, here's, here's two trainers that have expressed concerns in the week about what they were doing. Surely, surely the money they paid, they should be able to work it out themselves. But we've got a job to train horses, not, not uh, present tracks, but we could all see the recipe was wrong. And um, I don't think we need a turf expert to tell us what went wrong. I think we've just got to set a mandate out that uh, when, when the weather forecast is looking the way it did, get the water on so the horses can get their toe into the track and race safely. Um, it's no good leaving it till race day and at the skating rink and you get seven mils of rain in the morning on what was possibly a good two or definitely a good three, they reported. It's just a recipe for a disaster, boys. It is. And um, dare I say it, I preempted it Friday. Expressed it to Neil Goodwin and Bruce and hello New Zealand. That's what's happened. So um, mm. yeah, it's quite it's quite sad, boys. Really, it is. Mm. Okay, well, we really appreciate you joining us here, Alan, on uh, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we uh, we hope that just ask me in particular gets an opportunity next Saturday and conditions are, uh, are suitable for everyone, and we get the Captain Cook Stakes run. And it's a success as well, so it sounds like we might have avoided a, a tricky situation on Saturday or safety issue as well. So thanks heaps for joining yep. us, mate, and, and all the best uh, next week. See thanks, Ben. Right up, buddy. See you, mate. Bye-bye. That was Alan Sharrick, one of the prominent trainers in New Zealand and had one, a leading chance with Just Ask Me, but I guess more importantly was just genuinely concerned for the entire welfare of the horses, the jockeys, and also concerned about the lost opportunity yeah. for everyone involved in, in Saturday's meeting. And what better opportunity for us, I guess, to be able to get the other side of uh, the response from New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, a man who always fronts up, he's always giving of his time, and he's not afraid to walk away from the big subjects. And we're joined by CEO of NZTR, and that is Bernard Saundry. And uh, very good morning, and welcome to Baz and Izzy again for, for breakfast here, Bernard. Good morning, Baz. Good morning, Izzy. I prefer to be having a conversation and talking about a great day at Trenton, but um, I think Alan summed it up uh, pretty well. It's extremely disappointing, and uh, we do need to get to the bottom of you know what's what's gone on prior to the meeting and 
making sure these things don't happen again. But yeah, not a, not a not a very good day for racing. Yeah, no, obviously disappointing, mate. And and yeah, I thought Alan, I thought he chose his words really well there, and you can hear the disappointment in his voice as well. But mate, from your uh, from your standpoint and in NZTR, like what? Is, it, is this a bit of a governance issue or is there scope for you guys to be a bit more hands-on in these situations with all the concerns that are raised? Just explain to yeah, us a little like bit about bit... what happens from here and how we stop yeah, this from happening. Guys, we, we've got uh, track preparation policy that's in place that clubs need to follow. Uh, we, have got, we have got a couple of um, what we call agronomist experts out there this morning just to understand what's, how the, what the, the, the profile of the track's doing. Clearly what happened on Saturday shouldn't have happened and um, Alan summed up what happened at Matamata that didn't happen at Trenton. Uh, yeah, now I've got I've got to get a full report from the stewards, the clubs, uh, just to understand what's happening below that surface and then and then I've got a board meeting later in the week. But um, no, unsatisfactory, uh, and we've got to do better. We can't we can't lose these race meetings. Yeah, things do happen. Uh, the safety of jockeys are paramount, but we've also we've also understand the yeah, the impact that it has on uh, trainers, jockeys, owners, and um, and punters. Because uh, you know, when you look at a day like that, we probably would have generated out of the Australian and uh, New Zealand markets circa four or five million dollars in wagering turnover, which you know could cost the the industry uh, somewhere between two and three hundred thousand dollars. So it's um, it's a you know it's, it's just not good enough. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. And the clubs, the clubs devastated, and uh, the committee's devastated. So. Uh, at the same time, the jockeys, uh, we've got to respect the jockeys' decision. There were slip marks on the track at the 900, so we just couldn't continue the meeting. Yeah, totally, totally understandable there, and I, I think that's paramount. Safety's paramount. These guys, they high and, and ladies, high risk, high reward, putting their lives on, on the line to, to, to ride these horses and hopefully prevail at the end of it. But, mate, there's so many moving parts. I can get an understanding. There's so many moving parts involved in this. And there's so many different um, governing bodies. I feel that, that that are involved in this. So, so where do, who who who's how, how accountable here? And I know you're doing your own investigation through it now. What's the ideal outcome when you get to the end of this in, end of this investigation? So going forward, we can can never have it, have this happen again. Well, the accountability accountability sits with the club, and then ultimately in ZTR. But the club's got to prepare the tracks um, as per our policy, and the policy is. Uh, a good three for the majority of the race meeting, and you heard Alan. Alan had the the, uh, the summary right. It was a good three. They got some light rain. Mm. It was put up a dead five. Uh, we've got to understand how much rain occurred on that morning. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's about getting it right. Busy and Baz. It's um, and yeah. our board will make sure with me getting all the facts together that um, we just keep minimising that risk. And uh, you know, I, I probably. I could keep repeating it, but it's completely unsatisfactory. So we've got to fix it mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. And tracks, you know, just, there's no doubt right across the country we need investment in our tracks, we need investment in resources, we need investment in equipment. Um, but you know, I'm not making excuses either. Yeah. Just to go on about that, you mentioned there was a, a dead four. There's absolutely no way that track was a dead four at the start of the race meeting. And, and I know that... Um, that Kim uh, Treewick had, had mentioned that it was, and there's a video circulating with him talking about how how great the playing surface was going to be yeah. for that day. But 
right from the get-go, the jockeys and the trainers and everyone, all the people who are really in the know had raised concerns about it. To me, there's just such a disconnect between those who are on the front line of the industry who are bringing the, 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 um, the product to the market and those who are maybe making some of those decisions. I know that this is something that you'll be drilling right down on to try and get get better but why is there a disconnect is it an ego thing is it is it a power thing like surely people should just be making the decisions which is best for for the sport uh good summary uh at the end of the day the comp the communication between the club mztr and the participants what i've learned since saturday we probably could have done that better uh what what should we have done differently so i'm, I'm not going to once again, uh, what could we have done differently and how do we get... It's, in all these things, Baz, it's a partnership between the participants in the club and the industry. So we just have to get that right. And uh, our trainers, you know, trainers do have different views and I respect that. It's a competition, but we need to, uh, need to look after the asset that we've got. Our assets are our, our tracks, our horses and our people. And uh, they've got to have a, a safe uh, surface in order to play on it. So... Lot, lots to, we've got a lot of work to do. Oh, you're a good man. We really appreciate you coming on our show, Bernard, and you're always giving you time, mate, and I know that you're uh, ultimately you'll get to the bottom of this to make sure that, and given the situation again, we get a more favourable result. But good luck with everything, mate, and uh, and thanks again for joining Baz and Izzy for Cheers, breakfast. Bernard. Thanks, Baz and Izzy. We'll come back and once we've done this review and we'll share the findings and what our next steps are. But uh, thanks for having me on this morning. Oh, good man. Thank you very much. Look forward to that. There's Bernard Saundry, the big boss of NZTR. And, yeah, you can hear that he's pretty filthy on he the bears. whole thing as well. And prior to that was Alan Sharrick, prominent trainer in New Zealand as well, who is also filthy. So, look, I think everyone's in agreement that this is not a good situation. It's not an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. But we need to find a way that it doesn't unfold again because you cannot have one of your prominent race meetings, one of your best race meetings of the year, rubbed out because of negligence. It is 7.21 here in the morning. We've got plenty more to come uh, on the back of this, but give us a text, double eight double three. Let us know your thoughts on the on the meeting which was abandoned at Trentham on Saturday, or give us a call on 0800 150 811 on the Kennard side phone line. This is Baz Nizzy for breakfast on SNZ. The track was too slippery. It was an ice skating rink, and they had to call it off, so it was an absolute disaster that could have been avoided from what I'm gathering. And um, it was great to have Bernard on there, actually, and he was very honest and open about it. It's, um, yeah, it's disgraceful, and, and there's going to be a lot of questions asked from this. Uh, I just got an understanding, Bez, and I want to go back to you about this. From what I'm seeing, and I, I hate go, doing it, I hate going over to Australia and looking at Australia's model that they've got over there, but their model looks like there's one governing body, there's one voice, and this is the way it's done, and this is the way it's going to be done. And there's no mistakes, there's no hiccups. Whereas over here, I get an understanding there's about 10 different voices, 10 different opinions. And then when something like this happens, no one's putting their hand up and, and, and owning it. So, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm only new to the racing game since I've joined the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. I'm getting a bit, I'm learning every single day. But that's kind of my observation from it, mate. From it. You know, am I, am I onto something here? Do we need to... Find a way to bring everyone together so that we can avoid a disaster like this. I, I don't know. What do you reckon, mate? 
Well, yeah, I guess the thing in Australia is like it's not quite one voice as such, but it's um they have a, a clear mm. um, structure within the various states. The Victorian Racing Club yep. uh, yeah. run they they stand alone and and as do um, there in New South Wales as well. But they they seem to have a very understanding sort of um, infrastructure in place where where there is one person making those decisions, and you just don't often mm. see big race uh, can you imagine Flemington on Oaks Day being called off no way imagine, you know yeah you see what I'm saying like that it just wouldn't happen because yeah people would put their ego aside to be able to ensure that the plane the biggest day in Wellington completely. racing completely yeah and I mean it's just it doesn't make any sense and we've got one text here hey guys Wellington abandonment absolute disgrace makes New Zealand look like a joke never happens in Oz and I guess that's exactly what you're sort of leading to. I know we're coming up to the news, but have you got any more thoughts on it as well, Louis? Like, you're deeply invested in the racing game. Any any extra thoughts for us on what is his pose there? Um, look, I think the, the, the most shocking thing for me, Baz, and you summed it up in your question where Bernard, he just said, yeah, well, fair summation. Um, there's a disconnect between senior jockeys, trainers, and the industry. And, like, we've been... we've. We commissioned. There was a Masara report commissioned, which kind of preempted these infrastructural and track issues. And you know, we need to streamline our industry. We need to go, as Izzy pointing out, even to a more streamlined system where there's less, but it's better. But for whatever reason, nothing changes. So then, when you get senior jockeys that are walking the track saying this is cooked, we don't really think this is right, and trainers during the week saying this is cooked, we don't think this is right, and it's falling on deaf ears. Well, if you're not listening to the people and you're not listening to the warning signs, what are we doing it for? And then you're losing the cash because it gets abandoned after race one. All that happened is that we risked lives of horses and people. That's all that happened on Saturday. Mm. When it was easily avoidable. So where's the disconnect from the actual frontline stakeholders and those making those decisions? And is anyone going to be truly accountable for this? Or will people just move it on and just kind of, you know, with an investigation, there's investigation. And I know and I know from speaking to stakeholders yesterday, boys, they want some accountability. That's what they crave. Mm-hmm. Jockeys, trainers, owners, they want accountability. They want some honesty and someone to stick their hand up and say, you know what, it's not good enough. Maybe it's time for me to move on. Will it happen? Time will tell. Yep. Well summed up. We'll get to some text because it's certainly a hot topic in the racing world. We've got a lot of our listeners, a lot of you guys are part of the racing industry as well, and you guys are hot on this topic, so we'll get back to those very soon, but for now, we're going to shoot off to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 27 minutes away from 8am. We're talking Bathurst with Paul Radisic coming up shortly, boys. Um, and after 8, plenty of cricket. Don't worry, Dan Vittori, the wizard himself, is going to join the show. And I'm looking forward to hearing his take on what was a, a pretty uh, unique sporting weekend. Um it's time for our Choices Flooring poll, and I'm trying to work out what's the best way to phrase this. Because I think that a lot of Black Caps fans are maybe a little bit confused about emotionally how we're meant to feel. Like, the context was we've got a chance here to win a series in India, 
we went close. We maybe didn't push as hard. We didn't redline as hard as we could have in the first test, but we're in it. We've drawn. We're, we're, it's a it's a flip of a coin, you know. Win the toss, or if we don't win the toss, you know, we still got a chance to win it. So then Ajaz takes ten wickets, which is like, as Baz points out, one of the most astounding things you could ever do in any sport. But then we get rolled for sixty five odd. And it's quite like an emotional roller coaster. So I guess my choice is flooring polars. How is this test going to be? Well, how's this test series going to be remembered? A missed opportunity, or the Ajaz test? In you know the perpetuity of time, what are we going to look back on this as? Because we have to remember where we were when we came into the second test, which is we're a red hot chance here. But just because Ajaz got ten wickets. And then we got pumped. Now do we just ride it off and say, oh, it was the ages ages test, so it doesn't really matter? So my choice is flooring poll. Go to the Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. Double eight, double three. I want you to have your choice here. How do we remember this test? Does it just become the ages test, or is it a miss- missed opportunity? And I kind of when I say test, I kind of mean the test series and the whole context around it. And I think that's what I want to ask, but it's quite a confusing one, and it's emotionally been a bit topsy-turvy. Izzy, you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm getting to where you where you're going there, Louis. Um, look, I think Baz summed it up at the start. Like you got to think when we're creating history and and the thing that Ajaz has been able to do. You look at that side. There's only three players that have ever done it. So you think, wow, this is great, you know. But I don't think as a player, Ajaz will be will be like that. He wouldn't, you know. Yes, he's got ten wickets. He's he's happy, but ultimate result is winning, is winning a series and winning winning a, a test match and for me yes well done to ages but at the end of the day just the way that they've, they've approached it i know last week we we had a draw and um there was probably an opportunity to to chase it um and we had an opportunity to win that but no we went and drawed it and we and, and the, the test match was drawn and then we come in into this one we lose the toss yes toss is very important AJ's bowls extremely well, gets 10 wickets, we hold them to 350. I thought, you yeah, know, that's pretty solid when you're holding a side to three 300 odd. And then we go in and we get rolled for 62. And I think some of the questions that I want to ask Bears as well, or I know, um, you know Ross Taylor, he, was, he, was, he hasn't played too much cricket coming into the series. He's come out, he's looked a bit, I don't know, a little bit edgy. And I, wanna, uh, I think in that, his last match, he had a slog sweep, topped edge, and got out. Um, but not just him, like other batsmen as well. When you lose Kane Williamson, there's always going to be a tough ass. But for me, I just don't think we've looked capable and comfortable on the, on the batting side of it. And when you get rolled for 62, whew, you start asking questions. So I want to ask the question. Uh, look, I, I love Roscoe. I love what he's done. He's done so much for, for New Zealand cricket. But is he? can he rediscover that form, Bears? And, and can he get to the heights that he, that he was? And is it too much, are we putting too much pressure on him? Or are you just seeing maybe someone that's that's heading towards the end of, you know, their career and and things like that? I know he's, he's a good friend and, and things like that. It's hard to, you know, put these questions out. But um, I just, yeah, it just looked a bit, bit, bit shaky in both in both matches I've seen. And then on the other side as well, yeah, man, Mitchell Santner. Mitchell Santner. Mitchell Santner, can he come back in? Can he come back in as well and, and get back in with how good um, AJS Patel has been bowling? Will he come in for Will Somerville? Has he still got an opportunity to get back in the side? I think those will be the two big talking points from the from the Test Series. I hate to throw you under the spot here, mate, but 
You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, that's all right. That's okay. Well, first of all, I think the to answer your question on on Ajaz, like, we all remember Nathan Ashton's two two two, and they got pumped in that test yeah. match. But it's a we all yeah. revert back to and say, what about that day Ashton tore into the English? So mm. I think this could be a, a classic case of that. What about that time that Ajaz took all ten? The perfect ten that time where he went back to his place of birth, and and was able to run a train on uh, on on the Indian mm. side and take all ten wickets to be just the third person in history to ever achieve it. So I think we'll always it'll always be a notable um, performance from Ajaz, regardless yeah. of the result. We will talk a little bit more about those other two points you made, Mitchell Satner. I'll quickly get onto that one. I think Mitchell Satner is miles away from the Test team. Um, because the conditions are going to be different back here in New Zealand. We're not going to play two spinners. We may only play one spinner if we play one at all. That has to be AJS Patel. Mitchell yep. Satner is a long way down the pecking order for me. It doesn't mean his time's up um, at all, but he's a long way down that test pecking order. He should really um, focus and harness his white ball skills because they see him as a leader within that group, and he can be one of the very best yep. in the world. Roscoe we'll get on to soon, but the text machine will light up on the subject. Double eight, double three. Let us know what your thoughts are on Ross Taylor. He's been a wonderful servant of the game. I mm. will let you know my thoughts soon. But for now, we're going to get off to a little break, and then we're going to come back. We've got plenty more to come here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 is the Kennard Tire phone line. Double eight, double three. Let us know your thoughts. 7.45 here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Great question just before the break from is on both Mitchell Satner and also Ross Taylor, the veteran that is Ross Taylor. We're going to circle back with that a little bit later on. We'll put it on either side of our chat with Daniel Vittori, who's coming up just after 8 a.m. But keep your texts coming on double eight double three. It's certainly got you guys up and about. Or also give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800-150811. But for now, I am going to throw over to you is to introduce our next guest and talk Bathurst. Talk some Bathurst, Bezza. It was drama-filled yesterday. There was lots and lots going on. Safety cars coming out, animals on the track, pundits up on the hill having a good, good old time. And it was a great race, well as per usual. It was a draining and epic battle of man versus machine. Man and machine versus Mount Panorama over the weekend as the Bathurst 1000 was run. We had to Kiwi right in the scrap till the closing laps. But for Shane Van Gisbergen, along with everyone else, Car 25 and Chaz Mostert, Lee Holdsworth were just too quick the whole week, and their car was on fire. Into Murray's corner now for the final time. Second gear lines it up. The 2021 Repco Bathurst winner is Chaz Mostert. Yes, Chaz Mostert coming around the final bend. He actually nearly lost it, eh? He just got a little backspin on the on the back tyres. I thought he was going to spin out, but no. He had it all under control as he did the whole week. He was outstanding and by far the fastest car on the track. And he showcased that during yesterday's race. Paul Radisic is a Kiwi motorsport legend and knows how much of a slog it is over the mountain. And he's with us on this morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How are you both? Oh, 
good, mate. We're good, we're good. We're up and about. Lots going on, lots of sport happening over the weekend, but it was a big race yesterday that I really enjoyed, actually. I watched it and, and, and watched parts of it, and I actually went away and came back, and uh, Shane Van Gisbergen was 18th. I was wondering what, what went on, mate, but for you, you enjoy the race? Yeah, I sure did. It, um, sit, you know, sitting back watching it, um, you know, you, you don't get to experience those uh, those temperatures or the the, mm. the excitement that really goes on. And you know, it, it sure it does come through there. And uh, um, you know, it, this year didn't disappoint. Just like every other year, um, you know, the highs and lows. Um, just it just keeps rolling on. And uh, that place, you know, it's it's the only mountain event in the world and, and uh you know throw a few pace cars in there a bit of bad but you know, a bit of bad luck and and uh you know it just makes for a, a very exciting race but as you said Mostert, you know he was the car to, to win holdsworth i think did a superb mm. job as a, as a co-driver for him the lap times yeah. were identical to Mostert, so he you know they had the choice to leave him in for as long as they could and as as we saw you know they experienced the tide the lamination um, and he's, mm. they still fought through. So the, the speed of the car was, was tremendous. They drove it exceptionally well. Um, you know, only, not too many pace cars this year, but just enough to make it interesting. Um, you know, mm. for us Kiwis, um, with Shane having the, <laughs> uh, the tyre delamination, I mean, it, it just shows you how fast that car was of, of, of the 25 yeah. car, Mostert's car, because... Shane just threw everything at it, and he, and he smoked yeah. out his tyres, and uh, um, there was nothing he could do about it. So a late stop, which dropped him, um, you know, dropped him to the back. But uh, always exciting, uh, regardless if you're uh, you're in it or watching it. Yeah. So what, what was your? Why was Mostert's car so much quicker? Could you, I know you probably got to get behind, underneath the bonnet and get an understanding, but from what you're seeing, what, why was his car so much quicker than the, than the rest of the field? Well, there's never, never just one thing. It's, it's a, it's, it really is a combination. And you're talking, you know, you're talking two or three tenths as a lap time, mm. um, quick, and that's not every lap. But you know, there's, there's, there's bugger all in it. But you've got to get the, you've got to get everything right. The pit stops have got to be right. Um, the car, obviously, straight line speed needs to be good. The handling needs to be good. It needs to be easy on its tyres. They, they just got it right. Um, you know, yeah. all year the championship. I mean, Shane wrapped up the championship, but um, you know, Mostert was has been there or thereabouts. But you know, the car never showed this type of speed. So, whatever they yeah. did, um, you know, you got to pull all those nuts and bolts together. Um, <laughs> uh, they did a superb job, and um, you know, when the time came, they uh, they uh, they cleared out. Yeah. Hey Paul, it's Baz here, mate. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a sort of race car novice, so I'm just trying to get a little bit of an understanding as well of, like, just the tyres and the temperature and the track. Like, can you give us a bit of a rundown of how, how the changes can happen a, across the day with all those different factors involved? Mm-hmm. Well, weather, the weather plays a big change. Even even cloud cover, you know, from it can drop two or three degrees temperature, and all of a sudden you can have a car which is handling extremely well to, to something that, that goes goes away on you. And once again, you're talking very, very small amounts of time, you know, a tenth, a tenth of a second over, over a lap. You know, you put that together 161 um, and, and you can't see the car in front, it's disappeared. So 
every little bit makes a difference. And, you know, you can see it in qualifying, those, those lap times that they did down in the three were just, you know, when I retired, we were, we were struggling to get into the eights. Um, so, you know, how much faster they're going. So, you know, in qualifying, they, uh, they pump the tyres a little harder to try and get a bit more temperature in them. They put more camber on, more, a little bit more toe. Uh, ride height gets changed. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a whole lot of little things get, get altered to get the absolute best out of the car for one lap. And then, of course, now then, then you, the race you're looking at, you know, 161, 22 laps a, a, a stint, so you've got to make the tyres last. Your fuel economy's got to be right. So you, you, you're trying to make... You're continually adjusting the car all the time. And I think it showed a clip in, in, in one part of the uh, footage where they were tuning the car with the front um, air dam, and that basically allows more air to go through the front brakes. But when you let more air go through the front mm. brakes, you lose downforce on the front, and that causes more understeer. So... You know, that, that's how finely tuned these cars are. So, you know, and that, and that goes right the way, you know, right the way through the whole um, the whole vehicle, you know, as well as, you you know, the last little bits of the driver just adjusting to suit for the conditions that's underneath his foot. Oh, there you go. There's a little lead into the finer detail, Baz, that's needed for these these cars that just pull so much horsepower. And uh, maybe one day Paul Radisic can take us for a little hot lap, eh? Hot lap oh, around all yeah, there. Yeah, sounds... You know, somewhere around there. We might have to hold thing. him down and, and get you to take us around, mate. We really appreciate you on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> Paul Radisic <laughs> reacting to Chaz Mostert's uh, win over there. And Shane Van Gisbergen, we'll, we'll claim yeah. it, mate. He's, thanks, he's an absolute champion Kiwi he's racer. Still so still thanks so much for your time this morning. <laughs> thanks very much. He's still a hero, for sure. That is Paul Radisic, and hopefully we can get Shane Van Gisbergen back very, very shortly. Uh, if you've got any questions or any texts there, give us a text on the text machine, double eight double three, or call us anytime on the Kenatire phone line, 0800-150-811. We'll be back shortly for some pacing for purpose. Yes, we're just short of 8 a.m. in the morning. There's a great little clip of, of Beaver's kids oh. saying happy birthday. We love you. How good was that, eh? We love you as well, B. Kirsten B for Drive. What a great team they are. Uh, that was awesome chatting to Paul Radisich there about Bathurst, and we are definitely locking that in as you and I head down the little <laughs> couple of laps with Paul, get a real understanding of exactly what goes on inside those cars and just how good of geniuses they really are, the drivers too. We've talked a little bit of horse power. We've also talked a lot of horse racing as well. Um, heaps of text to get through. Um, let us know as well if you were on track at Wellington on Saturday. Tell us what happened. Did you get up to much? What was going on? What was the hospitality like there? Because there was no racing. So let's hope the beer was cold and was flowing accordingly. And maybe you got paid up in matter matter. But let us know if you were uh, if you were on track. Double eight double three, or even better, give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We've got coming up after the news. We have Dan Vittori. We'll also get on to your text about Ross Taylor and the question that Izzy posed in terms of his current career. Where does it sit and does he have a little bit of kick left in him yet? That's all to come. We've got another big hour on the horizon. We're off to track down some cafe coffees. Here is Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Stock up for Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. Find Ralph Lauren Polo Red 75ml for just $79.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ.
Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Monday the 6th of December and it's just after 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Had a good show, had a great show, actually great to chat to Bernard, Bernard Saundry and Alan Sherrick, trainer and CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing and well, there were some honest conversations, there's an investigation happening right now to get to the bottom of why the Trentham races were abandoned on Saturday and well, to be honest, Matamata got it going and they just irrigated their track. So when the rain pulled, it actually sunk into the ground and it wasn't an ice skating rink. So anyway, if you missed that, make sure you head over to the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast podcast on the SCNZ app. And you'll get an honest and open conversation from Alan Sherrick and Bernard Saundry. And uh, it's, it's an interview that you need to go listen to because, well, if you want to get questions answered and, and people got to be held accountable... They spoke about there, and they were honest and open about it as well. And then we just had Paul Radisic on, talking about a Bathurst racing. Paul was uh, open and honest as well about Chaz Mostert. He was just the fastest car out there on the track. He was fast by uh, by a long shot. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen was doing his best to keep up. Tyres blew out, and well, handed Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth being crowned king of the mountains. And maybe Paul's going to take us for a hot lap one day. Take me and Bears in the car and get a bit more of an understanding of why they're so quick. There's so much technology that goes into these uh, to these cars. You can get an understanding of why they're so good and so quick. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Daniel Vittori about the Black Caps and Ajaz Patel. Yeah, well, he's put on an absolute clinic over there in India. 10 wickets, 119 runs, 47.5 overs and be Remiss of us to not get the best spin bowler New Zealand has ever seen, I reckon. Daniel Vittorion. And then we're going to talk to George Muir for our New Zealand Monday health check. And, well, Baz is eating their protein bars. He reckons they're pretty good. And I'm going to go inside and hopefully my little package has arrived and I'll get a bit of taste of New Zealand. And then I'll go to the gym and go sweat it all out. It's been a good week. And keep your text messages coming through as well regarding the, the racing and regarding Ross Taylor. Um... Ross Taylor, yeah, he had, had limited preparations heading over to India. I think Ross Taylor deserves to go out on his own terms, like BJ Watling and ideally back here in New Zealand. We're going to get to those text messages very, very shortly regarding that, but right now we want to talk some spin bowling. And, well, the spin king is on the line, and I'm going to throw it to Bears to intro the great man. Yeah, thank you very much. Is It is time for our McCafe coffee catch-up as well. And well, as far as sporting legends go, Daniel... Luca Vittori would be right up at the top of the list. The Black Caps are just five wickets away from having their test series. And India wrapped up with the hosts on a different level this time around in the second test. But the weekend surely has belonged to Ajaz Patel. Ten wickets in the first innings, another four in the second. Well, the, the whole world has been in awe of what he's been able to achieve. Just the third person in the history of test cricket to achieve defeat after Jim Laker and Anil Kumble. We're joined by the wizard, the legend that is Daniel Vittori. He's on the line now. Good morning, Get. Good mate. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. Now, before we before Izzy wants to lay down the gauntlet, he reckons he's got your spin bowling worked out for the Black Clash this year. I got I you. Bro. Be, I thought we'd better. We, yeah. <laughs> he reckons he's worked that out that they don't turn. <laughs> but, but mate, um. Well done. Just let's let's chat, Ajaz. Let's <laughs> chat, Ajaz Patel. Just what a like remarkable achievement getting ten wickets, and and I know the test probably ain't going to go down uh, as as a great one for us from a performance point of view. But 
Just can you can you give us some sort of inkling into what what a ten wicket um, haul and and how what that sort of means and and how just how difficult that is to achieve? Yeah, I mean it is hard to put into words, but I think the it's one of those special things of 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 a, of a generation and for cricket watchers. I think you think of all the cricket that you've watched, Baz, and that I've watched, and and, you, and it's hard to remember any specific stuff because so many things happen in, in a test match game. But for someone to to take all ten wickets, obviously only happening three times, to see it actually unfold, uh, to see the excitement, four wickets, five wickets, um, getting closer and closer, and you could see how the team was getting excited as well. Um, it, it means, obviously it means so much to ages, but I think it means so much to New Zealand sporting public and New Zealand cricket followers because we'll, you always have that. It's, it's Jim Laker and Okumbla and Ajaz Patel, and, and he may seem slightly unlikely in that group, um, but the way he bowled and the, the skill that he showed and the consistency uh, meant that he was just a, a class above on the day. So one of the, one of the all-time great sporting moments for New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, and you're a bit of a train spotter as well, historian of the game, Dan. You can recite pretty much every statistic which has ever been achieved in this great game of ours. So what about the luck which is involved in in being able to take 10 wickets as well? Yeah, I mean, you the, the amount of times that people got close, and I mean, the, the, the obvious one is Vaughan Brown taking the, the 10th wicket versus um, uh, Australia when Sir Richard got 952. And he didn't play a huge part in the game, but it'll be forever remembered that he took that that one wicket that, that Sir Richard couldn't get. So all the, all the little things that come into place, um, whether people not taking reviews or drop catches or, or things just not going someone's way, it's, uh, it's the reason it's only happened three times. And, and that's that's what makes the achievement so special. Brilliant. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Izzy to to jump in in a second because I know he's just desperate to find out just what you've been up to in the last little while since the most recent Black Clash have been rolling the arm over or were you just going to go in fresh? Got a few questions, mate. I, want, uh, we, I don't want to know why you didn't bat in the last one. Well, I, I did bat, but old Jake, you bowled an absolute rip-snorting Yorker to Jason Spice, and, well, no one could hit you anywhere. That's why Flem saved you for the last over. We needed six off, but we could only get one run. It was absolutely disgusting. So I was zero, not out. I've batted twice. I've got a duck, and I want to talk to you about that duck quickly just before we get on to back to the Black Cats. Did you do some analysis on, on my gameplay? Because my strengths are the, are the square cut. Square cut. So all week I'm like, Vittori, armble, armble, doesn't turn it, doesn't turn it. Bowls it, floats it up, just outside off, just outside. I rock back to go cut it, and it just goes straight through me, and I chink. Was that a plan? <laughs> well, Tim Saudi always used to call me a left-arm change bowler, change of pace bowler. He said I couldn't, uh, couldn't turn it. So every ball ends up in the same position. It just gets there slightly differently. So... That that was what I that's what I tried to do. So if I do bowl you in the next one, remember everything's gonna go straight. But it might come it might get you quicker, it might get you slower. You just gotta deal with it once it gets to you. So Bears Bears had led, led me in really nicely. He said, Danny boy, he bowls the same but he, he actually bowls back from the crease. So that's how he changes up his speed. You watch him, he might be bowling from behind the umpire in one ball and then the next one he'll be overstepping the front line. So is that is that no, the way we saying. kinda pick it? Yeah. No, no, oh, I was saying that he, I mean, he changes his delivery stride. 
Ah. Yeah, that, yeah, that sort of allows me to change face. Well, I used, I used to get Baz out all the time, but I've actually never got Baz out once. Well. <laughs> just, the, so, the umpire is assisting me. So when Dan was... My five dismissals of Brendan. <laughs> so Dan was captain of the Black Caps, so every single umpire wanted to make Dan happy so that you know, <laughs> I think they would pro- progress their career quickly. So pretty much the minute that Dan hit anyone roughly around the pads, he'd sort of turn around, throw both <laughs> arms up in the air. Didn't even get a, didn't even get a ha. He didn't even need to. The finger was up straight away. And, it was like, and I was sitting there walking back, just going, you've got to be kidding me. It's just, and Dan's just laughing away. <laughs> hey, mate, um, how's life for you anyway, mate? You're, um, what's, what's news? Plenty of golf, family? What, uh, what's, what's going uh, yeah, on yeah, in the Victoria's world? You just summed it up. So there's a bit of golf and family last Last two couple of days of school, so we're rummaging around trying to get kids to school, and then a, a little bit of golf as well. So I think it's been nice to be sort of forced to be at home for a, for a long period of time with all, all that's going on in the world. I managed to sneak away to the, the hundred competition, which was which was good good fun, but it's mainly just been about being at home. Yeah. Oh, good mate, and um, and your involvement with cricket, obviously you're coaching over there in the hundred. You've done a lot of coaching stuff around the world as well. Have you got any involvement with the the New Zealand boys, either from a, a collective point of view or, or one-on-one stuff or, or just mentoring stuff? Um, a, a little bit of just a few conversations here and there. I've talked a little bit to AJ, so I, don't, I definitely want to claim anything. Um, but uh, I think the... I'd say just get all 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more about T20 bowling. He didn't want to listen to the test match stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> he's got he's got that covered. He's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, as you know, Baz, it's just uh, hard finding all the time to fit it all in. But any any time I can sort of help with the spinners, then I love to be involved because we've actually got some some really good spinners all in all formats. So we're, we're pretty lucky when you couldn't really say that about depth of spin bowling in New Zealand over the years. But at this current mm. point in time, we've got four or five guys who are, who are really good bowlers. Hey mate, have you let's talk about the Black Caps as as a whole. Um, in all formats of the game, they've been leading the way around around the world. Obviously, just fell short on a T Twenty final. But for you, as as a past player, how proud are you to to see this current team and, and the way they've been able to perform? Um, apart from this last Test match, hopefully we are still in it. But for you, been a bit of proud old boy. Uh, very much so. I think you look at this Test match and it's a blip on a on a very long radar of mm. success. And whenever a New Zealand team goes into a cricket game these days, albeit um, test matches one day as a T20s, you expect them to win. And if they don't win, it's a surprise. And they and they normally bounce back pretty quickly and and rectify that performance. And that's a real skill. And and you talk about um, you know, an ex-player and how proud you are to watch it. It's just nice to see them perform so well, so consistently. And people talk about them with with such reverence. And that's that's. A really cool thing to to think you were once part of it, uh, but to also sit back and appreciate how good how good they're doing it at the moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Couldn't couldn't agree more with you as well. Hey, um, what about over the summer? What have we got coming up? You've got um, obviously you you'll spend a bit of time with the family. Are we going to see you around the the Black Caps games? Any sort of capacity, media or coaching uh, or, or as a fan? No. Uh, oh, oh, and the sun normally drags me along. I'm trying to think. The mount's not far away, so yeah, I'll, I'll take the sun along to watch. I think that's about it at this stage. I, I love watching on TV. I think that's 
that's the way I sort of uh, get keep up to date with the Black Hats. I love coming in and out of it and just seeing what's happening. And just feels like feels like summer when Test match cricket's on. Although we don't have much this year, I don't think. Is that right, Bass? Even though there's me. Yeah, no, we haven't got a whole lot. We've got a couple of Bangladesh Test matches to get us underway in the in the um, in the season, and then we've got a bit of a break, and then into South Africa and that later on. But well, there's a Test match um, at the Mount. So why don't we try and arrange just a little bit of golf or something? A couple of maybe a couple of quiet wines, catch up. It's been a long you time. Had, Damn. You, you had me at golf. Well, everyone's busy. <laughs> with you, actually. What are you hitting on? Dan Swing. Handicap. Well, I was just gonna, I yeah, not as good as yours. I'm. Uh, I, this, you, you know, when you at? when you're playing a lot, you actually say you're uh, the, the, the the decimal of your handicap. So I'm six point nine at the Ooh, six point nine. Okay. Izzy, what are you? Is you're six, aren't you? Five. I think I'm a six point three. I've gone out. 6.3. Yeah. And I'm about a um, 10.5. So I'm looking oh, for some shots off the cuff. I was, I was talking to a friend of both of us, Bazzard, and he told me that you drove a, drove a par four the other day. Oh, oh very good. Oh, that was with the three wood, too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pick them up. You know, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Jesus, it's great to speak to you again, Dan. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to catching up, mate, and uh, we'll get Izzy up there as well. We'll have a game of golf and, and we'll have a couple of yeah, quiet beers. Yeah, okay. A couple of quiet beers. I seen you at Titarangi last time, mate. So that's, that's a good yep, course. Yep, so that's where I play, yeah. 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 It's a tough no course. All right. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll let you go, but we appreciate you joining us on uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Really looking forward to catching up as well. Brother, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been too long, so I look forward to it. Say good day to the family. Much love. Cheers, Danny. Awesome, you too, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Daniel Vittori, the wizard, the legend, the New Zealand cricket, the former New Zealand cricket captain, and uh, an absolute I got champion him, bloke. I got so him now. Great for uh, well, you got him off the tee, yeah, off the. Stick. I got him off the tee, and I got him off the pitch, mate. Oh, God, I'm mean, just play straight, play in the V-dag, never, ever go back. Play on the front foot, I heard. Play on the front foot, don't go on the back foot. That's when you get caught out. So I've got them figured out, mate. I reckon you might have them on the golf course. But I reckon mm. even if Danny Vittori rocked out there right now, he'd probably still be our number one spinner in the country. <laughs> yeah. So I reckon you might be in a little bit of trouble He's come a Black wizard, eh? time when he when you oh. stride to the crease. With it, you know, chest out, you've got a good sort of stride, get out there, swing the right arm and around, swing the left arm. Yeah. yeah, maybe a couple of butt kicks, raise the old legs, to put a side to side, a couple of sort of shadow bats on your way out to the crease. Mark Senna, you might even take two legs, such as your, your current cricketing format. Two legs, please, umpire. Take two legs, little scratch, tap, tap. Tory comes in a bowl from the top of his runner, walks in slowly. Sets up, jumps up, rolls it over. The ball hits the seam, carries on through. Izzy Dad comes forward, goes back, gets stuck on the crease. He gets his front pad ripped off. <laughs> Big shout from behind. Ah! <laughs> Umpire straight up. Dad gone first ball. I can see it now. No. I'm no. sorry. Is. I faced I'm him sorry. twice. I faced him twice. <laughs> I faced him twice. The first one, you got it right, went forward. Off the pad. Didn't even get bat on ball. Second one, rocked back on the back foot. Went to cut it. Off stump, gone. 
quack, 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 through the duck tunnel, done. <laughs> well, the worst thing about that, worst thing about that, I'll skip her. I was skipping, and Graham Ted Henry was like, where do you want a bat, Dad? And I said, oh, yeah, I was pumping in the nets. I said, oh, yeah, third drop, maybe fourth drop, yeah, yeah, put me in the middle. Yeah, I'll go out. So he does, rocked out, confident as, nothing, quack, <laughs> off. And then Daisy was in the stand, she was like, oh, my God, did he just get a duck? <laughs> oh, no. Embarrassment. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Right, well, it's, what is it, 8.20 in the morning. We will come back with a little bit of Paul and Mawatu. When we do come back, let's revisit that Ross Taylor conversation as well because you guys have got lots of text that we want to get through. Seems to be a subject which you're all hot on, so we'll talk about that very soon. But that was Daniel Vittori joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 minutes past eight here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Gives Kawini time on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 Send us a text double eight double three. We've got a few texts we're going to get through on the back of our conversation with Daniel Vittori, the great Daniel Vittori. It's good to catch up with him. He is a champion bloke. He's got the ugliest golf swing ever, but it's very effective. Look forward to catching up with him <laughs> in, uh, over the summer. Morning, lads. Anyone out there that thinks Ross Taylor isn't up to it anymore has lost the plot. He was given an almost impossible task to go from zero cricket in the past four or five months straight into the toughest conditions in world cricket. If he can get some time in the middle back in New Zealand, he'll come good. Cheers. Still disappointed by Trentham Tim. And then there is this one, the end of Ross Taylor in tests. That is from Ross. Uh, and there's another one here. Morning, boys. How the hell do the Black Caps have a bloody run out? Blundell. When they were in the position they were in, surely the risk of a dodgy run wasn't needed apart from Ajaz. It's been a disappointing test. Cheers, John. Look, just mm. a couple of things um, for me. I know we'll get to Paulie Mwati in just a sec, and he might even have some thoughts on it, Paulie, because he is a sports lover. He loves all sports. But, um, look, I think with Roscoe, that I agree with the text there that he has come off no cricket, um, and it is a very difficult mm. task to go from no cricket to playing in those extreme conditions and expected to excel. So that's... 100% um, cut him some slack. I think he's earned the right to have a summer at home as well and, and maybe yeah. to uh, to say goodbye to all his loved ones in, in front of his own grounds as well. He's an absolute legend of New Zealand cricket. What he's been able to achieve is is unbelievable. Um, he deserves to go out on mm. his own terms. Um, one thing I would say is that the last 25 innings or so, his average is just above sort of 20, which for him is, is not where we want to see it. So I'd love... For him yep. to be able to get back to New Zealand, get some cricket under his belt, and to be able to um, to go out around the New Zealand grounds and have the New Zealand public wish him um, a happy retirement if that's what he chooses to do. So, yep, just uh, keep yeah. faith. Anyway, we're going to get on to TAB. We're going to get on to our TAB live update. Bit live on your favourite sports markets with TAB app today. Good morning, Paulie Mowate. Yeah, morning, boys. Yeah, Paulie. How are you, Paulie? Yeah, Paulie. What do you got for us, brother? Izzy's <coughs> oh, <laughs> got a bone to pick. Hang on, oh, Izzy's got a bone to pick with you first. So, so, Paulie, Paulie, before you get yeah. going, do you, do you want another? Yeah. Do you want another showdown bet? Why would we want another showdown bet? Because um, Trentham was abandoned, and most our horses were on that race in that meeting. All of them. Most of them. Um, most of them. Let's have a look. I, just, I thought I saw, 
I was having a look at it that this morning, and I and I thought I saw that. Doesn't um, matter one... about Super Pursuit. Doesn't matter. Like it's un- it's unfair. We should go again. We should go again, Paulie Mwari. Do the right thing and give us another chance. Because I'll lead you into one this well, week. I promise pursuit. you that. Super yeah. Pursuit realised that all our other bets were null and void, so decided he wasn't going to yeah. try. So he's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this race. Yeah, and, and look at it. Smitty's rubbing it in as well because his bet, um, Justin Thomas, to finish in the top five, uh, at the moment, Justin Thomas is in a tie for fifth place uh, with one hole to play uh, at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, in the what Bahamas. was that, dollar five? That was yeah, 260. We all, we all could have picked that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't get yeah. famous with those I could pick a dollar fifty favourite. Swing for the, <laughs> the yeah, blue yeah, I'm not sure if you're, you're, you're more notorious, I think, you boys. Um, so can we go again? <laughs> no, you're gone. You guys are gone. Oh. Oh. <laughs> righto, righto. If that's the relationship, tell us what you got for us today, Paulie. <laughs> okay, we've got a bonus back promotion on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs-Denver Broncos game later on this afternoon. Also got a bonus back promotion on the Sydney Thunder-Brisbane Heat Um Big bash match uh, later on tonight. I think that's around quarter past nine tonight. And then tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, we've got a same-game claim on the Everton-Arsenal-English Premier League match. So once again, check out the TAB website for all the T's and C's. And if you're going to have a bet, gamble responsibly. You're good, man. Thank you very much, Paulie Mawati. Let's just... Yeah. You, Justin you, Thomas has yeah, just you, stuffed you one in there. He's just stiffed one in there, Justin Thomas. So he's, he's got to tap and putt for birdie. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, well, maybe Smitty's right. Don't tell him. Do not tell Smitty <laughs> that we said that. Okay, it is 8.30 here in the morning. That was our TAP live update. Of course, TAB promotions and play hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. We've got plenty more. When we come back here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, but for now it's time for Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Pumawati, we love having Pumawati on every morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hey lads, a bit of live sport going on. Right about now, uh, probably most importantly, Formula One, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is essentially, well, the deciding Grand Prix. If Max Verstappen wins this, it's championship series over, but Lewis Hamilton can extend it to next week, to the last week. And he's leading at the moment, and it's been chaos all race long. There's been lead changes galore. I guarantee you, for all those Drive to Survive fans, the penultimate episode of Drive to Survive in next year's series is going to be so good. It's going to be awesome because this has been a drama-filled race. Lewis Hamilton is leading Max Verstappen now by about 4.3 seconds, as far as I can tell, on my screen, trying to extend the series. Alrighty, it's time for our weekend choices poll. See your floor change in an instant with RoomView. The Choices Flooring RoomView program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. And lads, I was asking about the cricket. It's very confusing emotionally t- emotional time to be a Black Caps fan this weekend. History, disappointment. So I asked, with the context in mind, 
that we are ready to win this lucrative and desired series to add to the honour roll of achievements the Black Caps are stacking up. And now with defeat at our doorstep, will this? what will this test series be remembered for? Ajaz or a missed opportunity? And 70-30, Ajaz. I think that's the right way. That's what I would have said too. You made painted the picture for us, Baz. This is incredible. This isn't just like a once every few years type of thing. This is history. So no doubt we're going to remember this. It's Nathan Astle on bloody jacked up supercar engines. It's incredible, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it is, mate. And that's you could hear what Daniel Vittori was saying, and you think, mm-hmm. like, he is a historian. He is a trained spotter of the sport. He knows pretty much every statistic which has unfolded over over the course of uh, of Test history, and and you could hear what he was saying about AJ's Patel's achievement and just how significant it is. So, and and as Daniel Vittori may mention to as well, he said that you know all the this is a blip. This this series result or this performance is a blip on the very successful period that's been New Zealand cricket and yeah missed opportunities and all and all that. But let's just celebrate what AJ's was able to achieve. Just the third person in around two and a half thousand Test matches over the history of New, of of Test cricket. So yeah, pretty awesome. And you guys are all on the money there as well. We've got a caller on the line. I'm just going to rip through a couple of these texts first as well. Um, just another one here on. Ross Taylor. Morning, lads. I think Roscoe deserves to go out on his own terms. Like BJ Watling and ideally back here in New Zealand, this tour has been like no other for Ross. He's played no cricket since the World Test Championship. And his mm. preparation for this tour basically consisted of throwdowns with his kids at home. Get him back for, an, for a New Zealand summer and see how he goes. But overall, I think he deserves to go out when he's ready, unless there is a significant drop in form this summer. Cheers, Ben from Wellington. I agree with you, Ben. Um, couldn't agree more. So thank you for your text. Uh, we've got another couple here as well, but do we have Bruce on the line? Is have we got Bruce there from from your part of the we world? We do. Yep. Hey, the old O three down there in Christchurch on twelve sixty a.m. Weather. Are you there, Bruce? Gentlemen, Brandon, how are you, buddy? Hey. Oh, uh, good mate. Two, two things. Um, lack of preparation coming from a T Twenty tournament to uh, a Test series in the the heat of battle in India on a turning pitch. Um, the spin, the close-in fielders, four or five fielders in there, every ball, um, a rampant crowd. How the hell do you put yourself in, in that mindset to, to, to even know what that feels like? So the pressure must be incredible. And pressure does funny things to you. But also, mm-hmm. if there's ever, ever an opportunity you've got, a, you've got a test series, that forget the toss, it should be an even thing. If there's two matches... One team gets the first bat, the second one gets the next bat in the next game. Why can't world mm. cricket do that? Two points. Well, it's a, it's a question. Yeah, it's a, it's a question. I guess the only thing would be that then they could uh, the conditions could be sort of slightly sort of um, skewed to to suit whatever happens. But I totally agree with you in regards to the pressure and coming out of no cricket going over there and playing in those conditions. I guess the only thing people will point to, Bruce, is um, like, I'm not sure if you saw Roscoe's dismissal last night. He sort of got out sweep slogging, and then straight on the back of that, there was a run out of um, uh, Tom Blundell as well, which when you're trying to sort of save a test match, you just wonder whether that's a little bit out of character. But look, uh, I mean, it is incredibly difficult, and, and you know, they're, they're faced with the most extreme conditions. But 
yeah, anyway, mate, we'll uh, we'll we'll leave you to it, but we really appreciate you calling and um, hope it's a ripping day down there in Christchurch. Hopefully you run into the Ismaster at yuck. some point down there in the O three <laughs> as well. But we appreciate your call, mate. Hey, are you guys following the national bowls down here? Early January? No. 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 Are you, you, you we? Start the second of January. Ooh. Okay. Are you, are you playing? All right. Can we punt on that? I've um, actually it's my, I've played four years in the Rickett and Racecourse Club, and uh, I'm actually entered in the, the singles, so I'm going to have a crack at it. But it's oh, on the main Burnside. Yeah, Burnside's the main host. Oh, we'll get you on. You know. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah good man. You, on, you can be a bowls we'll correspondent. Louis, I don't mind a bowling Louis club. Louis will get you on. Always cheap beer. We'll be on holiday, but Louis will get you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, just stay there, Bruce. Just stay there. The kitchen's going to get your number. Just, uh... yeah. Anyway, thanks for your call, Bruce. Legend. Good man. We appreciate your calls here on the Kennard Sire. I'll get you on, is he? Super Bruce rugby preview our... every oh, single day at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, hey, sleeping, mate. Don't bring your saltiness on here, Louis. Yeah, just checking. Can, can, hey, can, can we just do a uh, test kit here, is he? <laughs> December 1, 6 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, right, just for a little bit of perspective, everyone, Izzy and I are off on the December the 17th, and, and then Louie and all the team are just going to hold the fort down while we go around the country drinking drinking beer and, and grapes and playing golf and punting on horses, and by the sounds of it, punting on bowls as well. So that's just for a little bit of context. Right, it's 8.39 here in the morning. We've still got a little bit more to come. We've got on the other side of this, our Noosest Monday health check, and that's with George Muir. So we look forward to talking to George very shortly. We are all looking to recharge on Monday morning after a big weekend. So it's time for our New Zealand Health Check to get us going. Baz has had the New Zealand Protein Bar. He reckons it's really, really good. I look forward to having mine post the gym this morning. 10.30, I'm going to go to the gym. But New New Zealand are powering the next generation of New Zealand athletes. This morning, we've got a guy who no doubt is in good shape because, let's face it, (laughs) hockey players, they run forever. Have you ever come across a hockey player out of nick? He's a Commonwealth Games silver medalist and got a taste of the Olympics this year too with the Black Sticks. George Muir is on the line now. Good morning, George. Good morning, fellas. How you going? We're up and about, mate. We're going, we're going good. How you been, mate? How's how's the hockey scene going at the moment? Has has COVID slowed you down in, at all this year? Hey, uh, yeah, COVID certainly slowed us down, um, especially towards yeah. the back end of the year, but. So a little bit of a good time for that. Um, coming off the Olympic Games, it was nice to have a bit of a break. Um, and we're kind of starting to get back into it all now. So when you say hockey players aren't in, you haven't seen one in bad neck, I think we're getting close to that. Oh, <laughs> rubbish. No chance. Uh, what, your percentage body fat? How many Ks you're clocking up a day? On, is it? <laughs> uh, just on the back of a run, actually, so probably shouldn't say that one. Back in the office today, so I thought I'd, thought I'd get back into the routine, boys. Nice. Well, how have you been, what have you been able to do training-wise? You've been, been able to keep up the training and, and kind of tick those boxes and do everything necessary so when you get back to, to the field and, and you'll be able to play, you're, you're actually not too far off? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I guess the international hockey scene's a bit of a strange one. We we seem to, to be, go 12 months of the year normally, so... It's been pretty refreshing to have a bit of an off season, I guess. So, been doing a bit of nice. a 
bit of running, a bit of yoga, a bit of surfing, just trying to keep active, but kind of give the body a break at the same time. Mate, put into perspective how much running you do in a match. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of hockey players, and particularly the girls, Gemma Flynn and, and them down here, they're so fit. They're so fit. But can you put into perspective like how much, how many kilometres are you clicking over in, in a match? Yeah. It's, you'd probably be surprised. It's, it's not all that, that many Ks. We're probably doing kind of between 8 and 12 Ks a game, but it's um, it's the high-paced metres that get you. So it's, um, it's very much high-speed running, um, short, sharp stuff. And even when we're even when we're subbing every five or so minutes, you're, you're still coming off pretty smashed. So it's not so much the, the Ks that get you, it's that high-speed running. Righto, George. I had for breakfast this morning. I had here we go a New Zest clean, lean protein, plant-based protein bar, the almond and vanilla flavour. It was actually quite delicious, and I had to wash it down with a nice coffee. But let it, tell us how New Zest lets you be at your best, mate, and how do you, and how it helps you stay as fit as what you are. Yeah, cheers. I must say, my breakfast as well has been a. Uh, I had a vanilla shake with a bit of good greens in there. Um, and that's that's basically it for me. So every time I'm training now, I've, I'm going to New Zest um, after to, to sort of refuel. And the the difference I found with New Zest is that it fits with my body super well. So um, you know, after a hockey game, when you've been running those high pace meters, your your stomach's kind of all over the show. Your body's all over the show. And I used to find it really tough to to eat or to have a really heavy protein shake. But um, I think the New Zest that that's the, the, the difference for me is it fits super well with my stomach and having the bars now to go to as well just when you you need a little snack or or a, uh, a feed in between in between trainings and that sort of thing. Um, it's made a, a massive difference for me over the last sort of year or so. So stoked, stoked that you guys are enjoying those bars as well. <laughs> I'm going to have mine very shortly. Baz is recommending it. The, sure the chocolate peanut butter one? Good. Yeah, I had that one yesterday, actually. Yeah, (laughs) I'm actually running out, so feel free to send some more through to me as well, George. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, mate, quickly before we we let you go, tell us about the the relationship with New Zealand, mate. I get an understanding they're really supportive of of our athletes around New Zealand, and they've been able to help you, you know, do what you need to do on 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 the field, mate. Yeah, they are. They, um, I think they've got a good, a good range of ambassadors, and and they're, um, mm. you know, they're basically just just there for us in whatever whatever way we need and however they can help. So, um, I've had had no shortage of of supplements from them for the last year, and that's meant that I've had not had to to worry about my nutrition, which has been great. Um, and you know, it's been great to sort of connect with other New athletes, um, Aroni. Aroni the sailor from uh, Samoa. I got to spend some time mm. with him in Tokyo and chat about New Zealand and, and that kind of thing. And to see the the athlete scholarships they're doing as well, that's pretty cool. Just to to support the guys that maybe don't have have the the support that they need financially from their sports at this stage of their career as well. So that's pretty cool to see what they're doing in that space as well. Awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. Well, thank you so much for your time, George Muir, mate. We uh, appreciate you coming on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and uh, we'll let you know how that new uh, protein, what a chocolate and peanut butter goes down the street. I'll have it shortly, mate. Thanks very much. Excellent. Good stuff, fellas. Have a good evening. Cheers.
Well, there we go. We have a health pack from Newsest and George Muir to give away. Text Newsest to double eight double three now to get in the draw. Newsest, a new approach to feeling great, not just for a boost for today, but nutrition for life. And Baz has recommended it, and I'm pretty sure he's going to get another box turn up on his doorstep very shortly. But that was George Muir for our Newsest Monday morning health check. But right now we're going to cross over to Hawks Bay. Shortly we're going to talk to Smithy. And want to get his reaction to the test match in AJ's Patel. Back shortly.